Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Quick newsflash before we get really serious here. Uh, Governor Jelly Donut, a.k.a. Chris Christie, (laughs) says he's the only one who can beat Donald Trump. Oh, come on. He said this seven years ago, too, you know. Oh, Lord, help us. Okay, he said it seven years ago as well. I, uh, you know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Trump uh, overall because he punches down. But uh, everything he did for judges for us, everything exposing the deep state, I have to give Trump an A plus. So, and I have to, I have to write off the the bad stuff and say God bless him. And it looks like he's going to get reelected because uh, District Attorney Alvin Bragg out of New York, who's a Soros shill. Is uh, had a um, grand jury indict Trump on like 32 counts, and on Tuesday Trump is going to be doing the perp walk in Manhattan. Which, uh, if we get mugshot photos or handcuffed booking photos or stuff, uh, it solidifies our uh, full-on communist uh, road to um, third-world banana republic, which we knew all along, because permanent Washington, the deep state. And the media, a.k.a. the socialists slash communists, run this entire country, and they are not going to let go at this point. All we can do as gun people is balkanize. All we can do is hunker down and fight where you are, whether you're in a red state or a blue state, to get ready. You think it's a coincidence they're working so hard to get rid of our Second Amendment? You think it's a coincidence? It's not. This shit that's happening. You think Governor Christie is going to help us, Governor Jelly Donut here? (laughs) Forget it. It's not going to happen. Soros has spent hundreds of millions of dollars, and we have over 70 district attorneys throughout the United States in mostly high-crime areas where they just they just let the criminals off and they prosecute and criminalize the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens and victimize the victims over and over again. If Trump had used a gun in this Stormy Daniels case, Bragg would have to... Uh, drop all the charges against him uh, because sure, yeah. because that's how it works yep. okay the deep state permanent washington the legacy media they all work together against us like i said once you realize they hate us it all makes sense everybody out there like my friend zoltan run for local election run for school board run for council run for dog catcher yep. run for any yep. lower thing you can yep. board of education especially Save our kids, save our children. And while speaking of kids, that's going to be the learning segment today. Let's stop sending money to foreign countries. Let them hate us for free and use the money to protect our kids like we protect our politicians and our banks and our jewelry. You can't get into a police department or a government building. There's bulletproof glass, hardened doors, buzzers on doors and everything. This nut job in Nashville, Tennessee, used a rifle to shoot right through the glass doors and stepped in and slaughtered three kids and three teachers. Why was that school not hardened, Sandy? Yeah, exactly right. Since... Since Columbine, since Parkland, since the 500-page report came out in Parkland that said you need armed resource officers in the school and the schools need to be hardened because time is of value. You see what – did you watch the video of those Nashville cops, Sandy? Did you see it? No, I did not. Let me tell you something. From the minute the nut started shooting to the minute that nut was annihilated, 14 minutes for a small town, that's a long time, but – Those cops showed up. They didn't wait for the SWAT team. Three-man stack. They had keys to the school so they could get in the exact opposite of Uvalde. And those cops went in in three-man stack teams, and they covered each other. And you see the way they're going. I'm not on a SWAT team. I never was, but I listen to my guys, and I read a lot. And they went in, and they annihilated that threat 14 minutes, and they saved countless lives. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But if that school had been hardened, none or less— 
of those innocents would have perished. So while the left talks about gun control and getting rid of assault rifles and doing this and doing that, if they were serious, if they were serious, they would talk about hardening our schools and protecting our children the way they're protected. And fixing this fucking society that has gone upside down and as dark as you could get. It's all part of the plan. Yes. Can anybody mm -hmm. get into a government building where our politicians right. yeah, or our cops that. are? Yeah, try that with a with an AR-15 to walk into your yeah. into a, your yeah. local federal not, courthouse. Not happening. Yeah. The last time I went into the police department, I had to get buzzed into the lobby. And then from the lobby, I was buzzed into an alcove. And at the alcove, I was talking to the clerk through bulletproof glass. Yeah. Where they slid everything under the window for me. We're protect People with guns are protected with bulletproof glass. Right. But the kids, the innocents, our future in this country are not. Let's get serious, okay? Whatever your political affiliation is, we sent $130 billion to the Ukraine. We can't find the money to harden every school in this country. <laughs> and nor can Ukraine find the $130 billion. Well, yeah, that's a whole other story, okay? But again, what other country in the world, right. I repeated this a few weeks right. ago, overtaxes the shit out of the third tier, right. the law-abiding tax-paying citizens, and takes that money and gives it away to foreign countries that hate us. No other country does that. We get zero dollars from all 195 countries in this world. We're all alone. We're the only country in the world where people are scaling walls, are walking into our north and southern border to stake a life here, right? Not we're the for only long. country. Not for long, I know. It's, it's turning. But I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And, of course, it's always the NRA, and it's us crazy gun people that are at fault. No, unfortunately, it's not our fault. This is not our fault. These schools, parents should demand it. 50% yeah. or more of your taxes in the town you live in go to school board taxes Absolutely. To, for your school system. You should all be running for local office. You should all be going to school board meetings and town meetings and demanding that your schools are hardened the same way that that government building that you just went into for that town hall building is hardened. Let's not spend $150,000, $200,000 a year for school board members uh, to take vacations and whatnot and junkets have, and junkets and 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 have uh, <clears throat> benefits health care benefits for life where principals make one hundred fifty thousand dollars superintendents make a quarter of a million yeah, dollars ridiculous a year amount of money ridiculous. and every town has one yes school superintendent deputy superintendent yeah. et cetera et cetera but when you go to those town hall meetings demand that your children are protected in those schools the same way that that board meeting is being protected. Right. When you walked in, there was right. a cop at the door. Right. All those rooms are hardened in there. Yep. You want that same protection for your children. Demand right. it. Right. I'm tired of hearing it. And it's I'm so sad that we need this. When we were kids, we never needed any of this. And there were more firearms out there. We had gu We took guns to school. In where I went to school, we took guns to school. I took a twenty-two rifle to school so I could leave and go to the PAL afterward. And uh, what, and and our friend's father, who was a police, uh, well, he eventually was a police chief of the town, would pick us up in the squad car and take us to the PAL with guns. Our kids are over-medicated, under-educated. Parents don't parent anymore. They want to be their friends. Everything is yeah. woke that yep. goes to shit. Yep. We're all worried about DEI, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion and stuff like that. This is all made up first world people problems. That's right. We need to address the violence in our, in our, in our society, in the movies, and the video games, and what kids see at home. All of this violence in, in the streets and wilding and stuff like that that's going on. Six-year-old kids getting their hands on their guns, on their parents' guns. That parent, they should go to prison for life, yeah. allowing a six-year-old to put their hands on a gun. Absolutely. Absolutely. No law in the world is going to stop that. But if you burn somebody's ass, public execution for letting your six-year-old bring a gun <laughs> yeah. to school, people would lock their shit up. Yep. Maybe we need to make that stand. But sadly, the other side wants these tragedies to continue to happen because the end goal from Soros and all of these other people is to completely disarm the last country in the world where people are climbing 
to get into. That's right. They want to ruin it. The Great Reset, the New World Order, whatever you want to talk about it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is all true. This is this happening is what, right now. There's no conspiracy. It's happening right now. This, and, we're and, communists. Call yes. it what it is. It's communism. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, the uh, your dollar is eroding. If you can't see that, you've got to be completely blind. Go buy a dozen eggs. Yeah, exactly right. And it's not it's not happening by uh, uh, by by accident. This is all happening as part of the plan. The plan is to destroy this dollars. You know, you've got the BRICS countries getting together. Mexico now is is going to join the BRICS, uh, uh, the BRICS alliance. We won't be able to buy anything from anywhere. Maybe that's a good thing because our money will melt down. And uh, we're looking at Venezuela type of inflation here. So maybe all those first world problems go away when we have to scrounge and see where the hell our next meal is coming from or to try to get clean water. Or because communist China and uh, India decide that they're not going to make our over-the-counter or prescription medications anymore. Or your drug bill is going to be through the freaking roof because guess what, folks? That's where all your drugs are made yep. thanks to Big Pharma. Yep. That's where they're all made. You know, uh, we we held off taping the show till Saturday evening, afternoon, actually, because we were hoping that Judge Bum's decision would drop Friday night, which is normal for her. Normally, she gets the last uh, <clears throat> briefs in on a Monday, and then Friday she drops. But it's a lot to do, obviously, because Schmutter and the other side submitted all of their uh, briefs. So we're hoping next week we'll have that. And if it drops on a Monday or Tuesday or something, we're going to try to maybe get Dan Schmutter, David Jensen on on the show uh, to go over what it all means, or maybe Scott Bach to help decipher everything. We all know that uh, it's you know the state is going to appeal our permanent injunction right away, but the rest of the case will continue to proceed. Then you know training, insurance, uh, fees, and everything else, whatever she doesn't uh, rule on. In her entire brief that Dan had addressed, Jensen had addressed uh, sensitive places, but Dan had addressed a whole lot more. So we'll have a whole synopsis on that. Now, on, a, on another news with the braces, pistol braces and stuff, the Mock versus Garland case, the FPC case, the judge did not grant a temporary restraining order, uh, which hurts us. But FPC is appealing that right now. And there are three other lower court cases that are asking for temporary restraining orders, too. So our Jersey people who have, you know, uh, others and um, pistol braces or whatever, just sit tight and we'll keep you updated with that as soon as um, some information drops on that. Now, I have some uh, interesting news for everybody. Uh you know, there's a list of towns. There's about 30 towns that literally hate gun owners, whether it's laziness, whether it's loathing, whether it's anti-gun, whether it's ineptitude, whether it's outright official malfeasance or misconduct, uh, whatever it may be. But out of the 565 towns, there's about 30 towns roughly that I'm tracking. And uh, I get so much feedback. Uh, people come in and tell me they go in and they uh, – drop my name and they'll see the officer's face or the officer will say something derogatory about me but they get their permits in five days now their pistol <laughs> permit rather than 35 days so i don't give a shit if they hate me do your job right okay do your job but in uh exciting news and i hope this trickles down to the permit department but the new jersey attorney general's office has completely taken over the patterson police department Wow. How do you like that? When did this happen? Uh, March 29th, three days ago. The attorney general has taken complete control of the Patterson Police Department following years of problems, including criminal charges against dozens of officers, millions in legal settlements, and fierce criticism of the police use of force policy in New Jersey's third largest city. Third largest city. Okay, I know it's not important for the AG office to look at the permitting department, but if anybody in the law enforcement community or anybody who's wired to the AG's office, please play them this show. Dear Attorney General, you have two officers in the permit department hidden in the basement, the bowels of Patterson somewhere. 
who are continually to violate the rights of law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. I know you don't care because it's a gun issue, Attorney General Plankin. I know you don't understand that, but you're violating these people's civil rights, and the majority of them are minorities. So maybe under your watch, the city of Patterson, the police department, is going to get sued for racial civil rights violations, and it's going to happen under your watch, and it's going to be a blemish on your fast-track career. So maybe you want to take a look at that and go downstairs and tell those two officers to do their effing job and stop racially discriminating against those people. I know this sounds tough for him to do because it's, you know, it's a conundrum. A, it's a gun thing, but B, it's a racial thing, right? Mm. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can, for once, put your disdain for gun owners aside and look at this as uh, a delayed and denied right against law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, many of them who are probably Democrats and many of them who probably voted for your boss. But they're probably not going to vote for someone like your boss again if they continue to get their rights violated. So maybe Patterson will wake up. I'll keep you all posted on that. But it's pretty exciting at this point, right? Yeah. It's kind of like when uh, they took over the New Orleans Police Department, too. Oof. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, So listen to this. A New Jersey woman had 100 stolen handguns in a storage unit in Hudson County. Oh. Okay. 37 of the guns were found March 17th in a storage facility on Tunnel Ave in North Bergen. Each of the firearms was packed with two magazines with capacities greater than 10 rounds. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. They were all packed in their shipping boxes. They believe the guns. Her name was Claudine Camo, K-A-M-M-O. She had keys to the storage unit. She was charged with second-degree unlawful possession of firearms, third-degree receiving stolen property, fourth-degree violation of gun-permitting regulations, and fourth-degree unlawful possession of large-capacity handguns. Now... The New York Police Department contacted the state police on March 16th about a stolen shipment of guns. These guns were being transported from Vermont to a Louisiana wholesaler. The guns were taken in Hudson County as they were being transferred from a tractor trailer to a freight train. Okay? Wow. So they caught all of these, and, you know, let's see what's going to happen. I think she'll probably get probation or PTI. Yeah. Now, if one of you guys out there, um, <laughs> you know, go to a gun-free mall, you're going to do 7 to 10 years yeah, in prison. One of you guys of girls out there. <laughs> but this woman with 100 guns, which we know where they were going to end up. Right. They were all going to end up on the streets used to commit crimes, which is what the communists want, right? Brainwash the children and create havoc in the streets, shortage of everything, government health care. What's that, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, Sandy? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay, uh, if you had never heard about that, you, you, you might want to Google that. My Apple Watch just said I can't get the answer to that, Saul Alinsky's <laughs> Rules for Radicals. Well, She's of course, listening. you can't get the answer to that because you're a liberal think tank and you do not want uh, people that own Apple Watches to understand what rules for radicals are. You would have to agree, right? That's right. I would. Uh, the Democrats gun control, Sandy. It's all knee jerk stuff. And it just ignores the most basic things. We talked about this all the time. All they want to talk about is gun control, gun control, ban guns, ban guns, ban guns. Nobody wants to address the mental health issue. Nobody wants to address the hardening of our schools. It's a broken record. I know I've said it over and over again 10,000, million, hundred, zillion times, but it's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Nobody really cares, okay? So nobody cares. So, uh, you know, this 2A News is really starting to blow up, by the way. I want you guys to write this down. News, number two, letter A, dot com. News, number two, letter A, dot com. It's two gun people from New Jersey. They created this. They have a Twitter feed. They have a Facebook page. They already have John Petrolino, um, the Pen Patriot, and uh, Decoding Firearms. He's writing uh, for them already. And uh, these guys are really doing a good job uh, putting this news out there. So I'm using it uh, as part of my gun for hire stuff. And 
on the bottom of their homepage, they're like, donate to these 2A warriors, ANJRPC, CNJFO, NJ2AS, DC Project, FPC, Second Amendment Foundation. And they have listened to Gun For Hire Radio, Gun Lawyer, Evan Knappen, Cam and Company Podcast, and The Arm Scholar, okay? And then they have learned from 2A experts. They got links from uh, Four Boxes Diner, Mark Smith. They have links to uh, J Factor stuff, too. So uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good resource for all of us, especially for people. If you don't do the social media thing, check out news number two a dot com. Like it. Share it. Share it with everybody. You know, we get the same questions here all the time. People walk in all the time and they don't know what's going on in New Jersey. And there's a lot of times there's gun people next to me. And they're like, wow, I can't believe that guy just came up to you and he had no idea that 15-round uh, magazines were a felony in New Jersey. You know, it's only three and a half years later. Why, yeah. why, why would anybody know? Why would they know? Uh, you know, but it's, it's the truth. And there's an article, a couple articles. One of them is, you know, one by John Petrolino, want my advice, better become a member. John had a guy, Kevin Sona from uh, Florida Carry, reach out to John Petrolino in New Jersey because uh, – one of his mem- mem- one of his friends wanted to know about Jersey law, and he didn't know. And the first thing Kevin Sona said was, "Do you belong to any of the, you know, two A organizations in New Jersey? Since you live in New Jersey, he's like, nope, I don't live, I don't belong to any of the organizations. You know, <laughs> well, if you had belonged to one or all of the organizations, or you listened to Gun for Hire Radio, or you followed News Two A dot com, or if you were on social media as a real gun owner who had skin in the game." You know, um, maybe you would know this That's rather than trying to like, you know, all the people that message me yep. and ask me questions. <laughs> I get pissed off a lot of times because it's like, did you listen to Gun for Hire Radio? Uh, well, no, I didn't. I didn't listen to Gun for Hire Radio. Oh, well, maybe if you would listen to Gun for Hire Radio, maybe you would have known that situation. Now, a lot of people are getting the message uh, autoresponder on my phone that the number is being retired. In fact, it's being retired. If you need me, it's 888-486-3674. That's the Gunfire switchboard. Or you can email info or Anthony at Gun for Hire, and eventually I get back to you. Uh, my new phone is an AT&T flip phone with no Wi-Fi and no text capability. When I go out to eat with my, my wife, I go on vacation, I go out shopping or something, that's the phone I carry. That's for emergency calls in from my parents. And that's for emer- and Tracy and emergency calls out from me. My other phone sits on my desk and you'll be getting those autoresponders. Sorry if you think you're not making the cut, but it's for everybody. When I started Gun for Hire in 1992, I had a text line. When cell phones came out in the mid to late 90s, I acquired my cell phone. My cell phone was, in fact, my business phone till about 2008 when I got uh, 888 gun for hire 888-486-3674 and there literally are tens of thousands of people who have my number and I get phone calls and I get texts from people all the time asking me what are the hours at the range what's this one's email what's that one's email and I don't feel I should have to do that anymore so I'm sorry if some of you are getting butt hurt I have people coming in here asking my reception employees for my new cell phone number <laughs> Uh, no one's getting my new cell phone number except my parents, my wife, and the emergency hotline for the range, okay? So I'm trying to, at 62 years old, enjoy a little of my spoils. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, to me, it's very important that, that we get to this point. So I'm sorry if you, if you take it the wrong way, but Anthony needs a break. I show people my phone sometimes. I scroll through my text line, Sandy, and I average over 100 different people texting me a day. Wow. I average over 50 phone calls a day, uh, uh, legitimate gun people phone calls. And uh, like Gun for Hire Radio drops on Sunday. Between Sunday and Monday, I answer or look at over 500 to 1,000 emails. And then at work, I don't carry my phone around work anymore, but at work, every time I hit my desk, I, hit, I, I answer emails from all of you out there. And you all know I answer in a timely manner. So every time I sit at my desk, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, if I'm on the phone or doing something online, I'm answering all of your emails and I'm helping you out. I'm forwarding the emails to lawyers and sending you links and everything because I love still doing that. But it's a never-ending flow. So I'll answer all the emails and then I go out on the, to the gun store and I go to the range and I do something. Then I come back and there's 30 more emails. 
<laughs> and I leave for an hour. I come back. There's 12 more emails. I wake up in the morning. There's 85 emails. So I do the best I can. I really am doing the best I can. But working 24-7 online and wired and handling a lot of calls and texts that, quite frankly, could have been handled right at the gun for hire main number, um, you guys will all get over it. So I like that you're handling it. How much time do we have left since I did that rant? Uh, we've got about five minutes, four minutes. So here's an article that came out in the Washington Examiner by a, a reporter called Robert Verbruggen. You normally don't see this. He, his article, the title of his article, March 23rd, is Solutions Instead of Slogans for Reducing Gun Violence. He goes, America's homicide rate has never been anything to brag about, but for a while it seemed to be heading in the right direction. It fell by half in two decades between 93 and 2013. Thanks to a mix of increased incarceration, the modernizing policing tactics exemplified by Juliana era New York, and an ever debatable mix of other factors. Since then, however, we've seen increases in 2015, 16, 20, and 21, wiping out about half of the progress. This is a dire situation that cuts thousands of lives short and forces entire communities to live in fear. Our first tier, it's on purpose. They want that. Uh, Anthony Braga, a criminologist at the University of Pennsylvania, and Philip J. Cook, an economist at Duke, have been studying American violence for decades with a focus on gun violence in particular, which accounts for most of our murders. Are you there, Sandy? I am. Okay, and which includes tens of thousands of non-fatal shootings each year. In Policing Gun Violence, a report they made, they offer numerous ways for American law enforcement to get a grip on the problem. Their suggestions are rooted in solid evidence and, most importantly, constrained by a good sense of what is feasible giving America's constitutional and cultural realities. Ultimately, what Braga and Cook would like to see is a determined effort from law enforcement to stop shootings and keep guns out of the hands of criminals while respecting civilians' civil rights. Well, imagine this. Imagine that. They make five proposals in particular. Now, the Washington Examiner is the only uh, news organization that has printed this. I've been Googling this twice a day to see <laughs> if it pops up anywhere else. It's pretty much scrubbed off the Internet. It's called Policing Gun Violence by Braga, B-R-A-G-A, and Cook. So he goes, two of them are related, stemming from the insight that violence doesn't happen at random, but instead is intensely concentrated in specific places and social networks. The first of these they coined hot spots policing, which simply means keeping track of where crimes happen, increasing police presence in places where bad events are frequent, and when possible, stopping illegal gun carrying there. The authors caution against the heavy use of stop and frisk. I'm against it, too. It's unconstitutional. It's illegal. Stop and frisk can bring down shootings, but it alienates innocent members of the community caught up in the tactic. But they do support some sort of street stops when police encounter genuinely suspicious people as well as precision policing. But people are going to say precision policing is racist. Police, precision policing is, you know, profiling. Okay. Uh, the effort is, has to be the other tactic is rooted in crime concentration and focused deterrence, drawing on the fact that just as violence is especially prevalent in certain places, it's also concentrated in social networks such as gangs. The strategy involves keeping tabs on violent groups, offering social services to members willing to accept them, directly communicating that gun violence won't be tolerated, and when necessary, following up on that threat. Well, that would mean locking people up. Yeah. Okay. But they stress the message isn't the police will outright ignore other crimes. It's simply that gun violence is an extremely high priority and that law enforcement has the resources to make life miserable for any gang that fails to abstain for it, including by working with the federal government. Okay. The third strategy is more reactive in nature. When a homicide or shooting happens, solve it. This incapacitates the most violent people, grants justice to victims so they are less likely to retaliate on their own and defers future shooters. Today, close to half of our murders in this country go unsolved. Not only that, guys, I'm going to add this, but most of the people that are arrested are back on the street due to bail reform. 
committing crimes again. And when they go to jail, they get a 20-year sentence. They do three years, yeah. and they're released. Right. Okay? Non-fatal shootings, simple resources are the biggest issue. These cases are often designed to detect this with lots of other crimes to deal with. And the cases that aren't solved quickly and easily are frequently dropped. Statistically, the gap in solve rates between fatal and non-fatal shootings opens up after this initial quick solve period. Treating non-fatal shootings more like fatal ones would clearly improve the solve rates. Beyond resources, though, boosting the solve rate for homicides entails better training and rigorous protocols for investigators Okay, but the problem is we're defunding the police. We're demoralizing the police. We're not backing up the police. We're constantly, uh, uh, you know, making the police feel guilty for doing their job. By design. They're racist. By design, exactly. That's those Soros, 70 prosecutors and district attorneys. The next thing. Hotspot policing, focused deterrence, and improved clearance rates all rely on good on-the-ground police work which in turn relies on amicable police-community relations, something much of the country is lacking today. When I was a kid, we had beat cops. Yeah, They knew us by name. They knew our fathers. They knew our family. You couldn't get away with shit, okay? So, lastly, Bragg and Cook suggest efforts to disrupt underground gun markets. This isn't hopeless. Even in a place as a washing guns as America, they contend, as... Intimate and arrestee, as inmate and arrestee surveys, for example, many criminals report that it takes a week or more to procure an illegal gun. They can't just go to gun stores where, under federal law, background checks are conducted. Uh, for the most part, though, such smuggling doesn't take the form of large-scale criminal operation, but instead consists of people and small groups getting guns in states where they're plentiful and bringing them to places such as New York. And to make matters even more complicated, the landscape shifts frequently with, for example, homemade ghost guns recently becoming a problem. So if someone commits a crime with a homemade gun or a legal gun, 100 years in prison. Let's, like, show people going to use a gun 100 years in prison. Yeah. So these guys say preventing gun trafficking is basically a matter of collecting every piece of data possible on recovered crime guns and expending some resources tracking down the chain of custody. See, these are resources they should use instead of going after us, the law-abiding citizens that are buying the guns legally. We're shipping billions of dollars to our enemies. Stuart Plankin, the AG, and Murphy are tapping into $10 billion of COVID funds for gun violence initiatives going after us, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. Imagine if they use some of it to focus on this report. Yeah, exactly. for, For policing. Could you imagine... These guys finalized, say, gun violence doesn't have to be as high as it is today. We know that because it was significantly lower just a few years ago. But getting back to where we were, to say something of continuing the improvement that used to be normal is going to take a lot of effort. So policing gun violence provides a roadmap worth following. Bro, let me tell you something. Very good article. Again, not just get rid of AR-15s, get rid of weapons of war. Nobody hunts with that gun. The person will vaporize when they're shot with that bullet. That's what President Pudding Pop just said the other day, (laughs) that uh, AR-15s, when you get shot, it vaporizes. It vaporizes the person. The problem is the mass media... The, the legacy media, they perpetuate of that. Of course they do. And they when I go to a dinner shit. party or something, I have to fight that. All right, exactly. Yeah. How is that? Good? That's good. Yeah. That's it. Are we on a break? We can take a break right now. Good, because I'm parched. <laughs> okay. I got to wet me whistle. Diane Pruitt, founder, Guiding Reigns Equine Assisted Therapy for veterans, first responders, and their families. Another incredible activity that we've done, we had them work in teams um, where they had to get the horses through the obstacles. No lead line, no touching, uh, but had them carry what we called a bucket of burdens. And we actually had them write on a sticker, two goals and two burdens you know, of each team member. And the goal, the only stipulation was that you could never set that bucket down and that you needed to exchange the bucket. Once you completed an obstacle, then I would hand it off to you. And we had like four obstacles. 
And so I observed, and we watched this team go through this whole process. And when uh, it was a female veteran, she never let that bucket go. And once they completed an obstacle, we asked them to, to take a rock or go out and set it down the obstacle. Never unloaded a rock. Finished the whole activity. I asked her how that went. She said, oh, it went great. You know, the horse did everything. And, um, yeah, we feel like we really succeeded and we really feel good about it. And uh, she's standing there holding it. And I said, uh, you're still holding that bucket of burdens. And, again, it was, she looks down at the bucket and looks at me like I had hit her between the eyes. And it just, again, the tears started to flow. And I said, you carry it all? She said, I sure do carried all those dreams all those goals and all those burdens but would not hand it off to somebody else to unload it that's that magical part i can't explain you can help keep this life-changing and vital program alive for veterans first responders and their caregivers won't you please help 100 percent of your one-time or recurring tax-deductible contribution goes directly to transforming the life of a deserving disabled brother or sister in arms Let's not turn our backs on those who have given themselves to preserving our liberty and rescuing us from harm. Please join me and the scores of other veterans and first responders who are stepping up to help our fallen brothers and sisters. Go to guidingreigns.org. See what they're accomplishing and consider helping us save this program from extinction. Because if it disappears, so does hope for so many families just like yours. GuidingReigns.org. G-U-I-D-I-N-G-R-E-I-N-S dot O-R-G. Gun for Hire Radio is brought to you by Marty's V-Burger. Voted best house-made burger by Vegan News Magazine. Go to martysvburger.com. Marty has locations in Manhattan and Queens. And don't forget to mention Gun for Hire for 20% off. You're going to hear the plug for Marty's V-Burger. You're going to hear me talk about U.S. Law Shield, uslawshield.com. Mention Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio for a big discount. If you live in New York, NY Tax Defense, mention Gun for Hire for 10% off your monthly fee. Both of those are not insurance. Both of those are legal defense funds. We still get, Phoebe and I still get a nice big fat handful of messages and emails about insurance every day. We're going to get insurance. July is coming up. I'm freaking out. Where am I going to get insurance? Anyway, if you don't listen to Gun Fire, you won't know. It doesn't take effect until July. No one's offering that insurance. It's called murder insurance. We plugged John Petrolino already. The quarantine crawl is changing shortly, and there will be an announcement about that. We're going to do something really big about supporting those who support you and who also, uh, you know, who also uh, like to uh, not frown upon you carrying a firearm in their establishment. Uh, my doctor is Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Concierge Medicine. Tracy just signed up. She had a long teleconference with Dr. Joe Sambatero, and she says, wow, he is really thorough. And I said, I told you, Tracy, he's really, really thorough. He's a genius. He loves what he does. No more than 250 patients for a few hundred dollars a month. You can have your own uh, concierge medicine and i've just given uh, my his number to quite a few uh, customers here too so i hope they follow up on it remember to support lake island rifle and pistol club l-a-k-e-i-s.org they need young shooters zen float center uh sharon decker in scotch plains zenfloaters.com uh, zenfloatcenter.com Sandy Plug Guiding Reigns already. My man, Aberdeen Guns, John in Monmouth County, Aberdeen Guns. He's handling core belts as well, like we are now. Um, he has a full gun store down there, and I, like I always say, support those who support you. He's on the same team as us. He's on team. Let's all get along. Let's be pro-gun. Let's support all the 2A organizations out there. Uh, my buddy, Brad Hendricks. He's been doing a phenomenal job on the subreddit page for New Jersey Guns. They have about 20,000 followers now, constantly updating and answering questions up there, just like uh, um, the New Jersey uh, um, uh, Firearms, gun, the New Jersey Gun Forums, as well as the forums on Facebook. So, But 
on our homepage, gunforhire.com. If you click it, you'll see the CCW block is the second one down if you scroll. Click on it. All the information you need there is there. Uh, I got letters to read you. We have cops from everywhere, all over New Jersey, referring people to our website and referring people to us for the concealed carry program because they all believe we do a phenomenal job with it and all of our information is updated and accurate. So uh, I want to thank my entire team here who touches that, Matt, Phoebe, and everybody else that's involved in making us uh, the best when it comes to information because knowledge is power and the communists hate that we have knowledge. You bet. Uh, Don't forget the NRA dinner is October 5th at Biagio's in Paramus. Go to friendsofthenra.org and look for the New Jersey event. I will be the keynote speaker. We are also the FFL and the sponsor in Biagio's and Paramus for the Friends of the NRA North Jersey chapter. Stephen Churchill kicking ass there. That's October 5th. July 29th is the CNJFO DC Project New Jersey fundraiser at the mansion on Main Street in Voorhees. Um, Brian Bergen, Assemblyman Brian Bergen, will be speaking. Jay Factor will be speaking, our 2A historian. And Bill Spadia will be speaking as well. Support those who support you. Get down there July 29th. Um, we all, I'm going to see everybody down there. There's a good chance I might come down. I like you all a little bit. Uh, not a lot, though. Uh, this is an email from Rick, and he says, Case update. On your last show, 618, at 53.40 minutes, the attorney, Kaloji says, without having the whole study, John Hopkins, in front of me, there can be different interpretations. I see your honor's point, and I will certainly review that. He says, the attorney is trying to get something on the record by getting it a quick punch and cheap trick. It is clear that the attorney did not read the study. Fortunately, the judge jumped in and pointed out the irrelevance of the study to the matter at hand, as you were aware. What is mind-boggling is that the attorney continues to reference a study that he has not read or at least able to meaningfully cite. This is an attempt to give the study legitimate standing in the case, doubling down on the cheap trick. I wish the judge would have called him out on his continuing references. It would have been nice to hear her say, the study is not measuring what we are talking about in this case, and I am not understanding why you are referencing the study to which you earlier mentioned that you did not have the whole study in front of you. Have you read the entire study? If he responded yes, then she could have asked how he could not understand the difference. If he had answered no, she would have to say nothing. I am not upset with the judge. It is easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. Where she ended with her questioning was the pinnacle of the state's position and shined a bright light on the scary desire of the state. Keep up the great work. Great. Yeah, because she ended it with, so the state wants no one to legally carry a gun. That's right, Your Honor. No one going to legally carry the gun. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, another target on my back. Uh, the attorney, Kologi, has received multiple, multiple uh, copies of Gun for Hire Radio 618 with me mocking him. <laughs> so it's guaranteed that he listened to the show. So there's a good chance that he listened He's listening to this show, oh, like scary. Assemblyman Joe, Joe Danielson. So, Kaloji, if you're listening to the show, yo, if you want to come on Gun for Hire Radio and discuss the Johns Hopkins study with maybe Joe Laporto or uh, somebody else, it's all up to you. Email info at gunforhire.com. I'll wear both my pinky rings and my Cuban necklace that day. Okay. We have another conundrum that Gun for Hire has a solution for. We have Dr. Pirelli and we have Dr. Optoff. They are both psychologists. There are some departments that are requiring a psychiatrist to sign off on paperwork because you might have had an issue or a problem 30 or 40 years ago and they want to cover their ass. Well, you asked, we listened. Dr. Optoff, who moved from Westwood to Oradell, it's been updated on the quarantine crawl page. Dr. Optoff also has contracted with the psychiatrist to better serve our friends who need evaluations and letters. So this is where you come for all of the information. This is where you come for the help. So Brad and Joe and everybody out there, John Petrolino, everybody out there in our 2A community, Please pass it on. If somebody posts on Reddit or something, if they're looking for a psychologist, we have Optoff and Pirelli. If they need a psychiatrist, Optoff has one. 
We have to support those who support you and keep it in the family. Okay? So that's really great news for all of our people. Some letters. This one's from Manny Gomez. Good evening, Anthony. Let me say, uh, let me start by saying I love your attitude and support towards the 2A right to law abiding citizens. FNA is what I say, baby. <laughs> I visited your range more than a few, and ev- you even gave me a tour when you were opening the members only range. Love your attitude and staff at the range. On another note, I wanted to give you an update on my carry application since you mentioned you would like updates on towns. I dropped mine off on December 6th with all my paperwork to the Union Police Department located off Morris Ave. My fingerprinting was December 16th. Daily I checked the status on my money order like you said to do, and it's not cash. I haven't contacted the station, though, concerning my application since it's only been three months. Only three months, damn it. Oh, I'm sorry, Manny. All right, Manny, real quick. You submitted before December 22nd, so it's not with the police department. The holdup is with the union, the judge in Union County. Okay. Uh, if you had submitted it today, Union would probably submit it pro- and, and process it in three weeks or less. So Manny continues, I listened to your last show and you read letters saying uh, uh, people dropped their application December 16th and was approved already. With all the hate towards us 2A patrons, I don't want to contact the department and make them upset. Although the detective agency receiving my application was very knowledgeable and even recommended the gun for hire range and radio. <laughs> I love that. All right. We have a union police department in records applications is recommending gun for hire and gun for hire radio. That's what happens when you're the clearinghouse of information, all right, and a Second Amendment advocate. Apologies for the long email, but would appreciate a bit of advice if I should call the Department of Union and ask them or not about my application. I responded to Manny, and I told him, yes, he should call, and he's going to probably be told it's still with the judge. The police department can tell you if it's back from the judge and it's with the police chief, and at that point we'll move to the next stage, which is the documents that Brad Hendricks uh, generated that's on our website. I sent those to Manny as well. But it's nice to hear that people are uh, from other departments that far away are referring people to Gun for Hire and Gun for Hire Radio. See, the departments that don't hate me, that do their job, actually value the work we do, Sandy. Yeah, exactly. They value it because it makes yeah. their job easier. Exactly right. When a guy like Manny comes in and his package is complete and his training is complete and Phoebe or Kylie checked all their paperwork and their notary and their photos and everything, it makes that cop's job easier. A whole lot easier. And if he's going to work with us, that cop in that department, we, we love that. That's that's what we love, you know. Here's another one from uh, Anthony C. I'm Anthony C., but here's an Anthony C. I just wanted to thank you for everything you do in your fight for the rights, okay, in this uh, third-class state. Finally, after 238 days, Nork has granted this lowly peon his permit to carry. <laughs> court order regarding my two qualification guns. No court appearance. Signed on February 5th, 15th. They signed it. So his permit was signed by the judge February 15th. A month and a half later, he got his carry. So he lost a month and a half of his right to carry. I hate them. If it wasn't for your inspiration and your flawless guidance, damn, I think I'm in love. I think have, I would have lost my mind. What is funny is I sent those letters politely scolding the mayor and chief of police yesterday. Ha ha. Oh, well, there are four people ahead of me and five behind me all picking up their permits when I went in. And oh, it would seem someone has lit a fire under their ass. Thank you, Anthony Camacho. And I hope it was the letters you sent that Jay Factor had generated that lit the fire under the police chief and the uh, mayor's ass. I hope so. See, this is why we have to communicate and we have to work together because he got his shit. And that's what's important to me. Oh, this pain in the ass. Hi, Anthony. I know you're tired of hearing from me. Laugh out loud. But I just wanted to share my experience from the store today. You know you have the best staff. I purchased three pistols today. One for me, one as a gift for a friend Stacy's birthday, Silver Member, and one for her husband, Scott. He did not purchase them as a, um, as a straw purchase. He paid for them. They are doing the transactions themselves, okay? Uh, and uh, he just says that uh, my sales guy, Juan, Juan is now assistant gun store manager, is his gun store bestie. Thanks for everything. See you at the range soon. P.S., uh, uh, Will is looking for an inside the waistband holster for a Desert Eagle, as you know, laugh out loud. And Stacy was in contact for Matt for some kick-ass uh, gun for hire swag. Thank you, Dan. I love you. I'm so glad that your health 
took a positive turn and you're able to have the energy to come to the range two or three times a week and it send me an email at least once a week brusting my chops, it makes my day because I know that you're still alive and well. So the more that you poke me, the better I feel, to be honest with you. Um, here's another one from uh, Dan M. Hi, Anthony and the Gunfire family. I just wanted to give you my time on acquiring my carry permit in Essex County. On August 24th, I went to the Colwell PD and turned in my application. Two days later, I got my fingerprints done. And around November, I saw you at the range and told you I still not heard anything. I followed your advice and started to make contact with the PD. Thanksgiving week, the PD stated they were submitting it to the county. So it took them from August to November to submit his carry permit to the judges. August, September, October, November, December. Four months for Colwell PD, okay? On, December, on January 19th, his money order was cashed, and on March 22nd, he picked up his permit. September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Seven months. You guys that, that don't live in New Jersey, his house in Colwell is probably $20,000 a year in taxes. Hmm. And between the PD and the judges in Newark, Essex County, he waited seven months for his carry permit. He, so anyway, uh, the whole process, you know, is horrible. He goes, I've been talking to you at the range, watching for updates and new information on the website, listening to the show every week. I have education and knowledge of what to expect or at least enough to know when the PD gave me my permit in the court order and told me I, what I could carry whenever I want. And I didn't need a court order. I just left and said, that's not what I heard because the PD told him he, he could carry whatever he wants. Anyway. The next day he got his PA permit. It took one day to get a Pennsylvania permit. It's amazing when they don't hate you how quick they can turn stuff around. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? Now, my last one is following up, telling everybody to get involved at the, at the lower level in your towns and communities. So my buddy Zoltan Karali from Ringwood, he followed up because I went up and spoke before the Republican uh, Committee of Passaic County up there. And he wrote, Anthony, thank you once again for your presentation on March 7th. I'm still hearing positive feedback from the club. You have left a positive impact on all of us. As a follow-up from the meeting, I am working on dates to get a training social event at Gun for Hire with our club. I will limit it to the folks who currently have an FID card to eliminate any potential problems. I know there are folks who are interested in pursuing obtaining a carry permit, and there is no better equipped and informed place to do it than your range. I will make arrangements with your concierge to, to ensure we pick up a le pick a less busy night so that we can uh, use a block of ports for your time. Don't worry, I got you. Anthony, as I mentioned at the meeting, without your inspiration, much of what I am involved in in the Ringwood GOP Club and my candidacy for town council will not have occurred. I can still hear your voice saying, get involved. But you didn't just say it. You have led by example by getting involved. Not everyone can be successful gun range owner, an NRA board member, a podcast host, a notable author, and, and the tip of the spear in New Jersey. Oh, my. I need my scepter. But that doesn't mean you should refrain from getting involved. Thank you for your inspiration. I look forward to standing strong with you and making a difference in our corner of the world. See you soon, Zoltan. Let me tell you something. We talk about this all the time. All of you listening, that was not a commercial for me or Zoltan. That's a commercial for all of you. Find the time to get involved in the local politics. Tip O'Neill said, all politics are local, is local. He said, all of you, get involved, ladies and gentlemen. This is extremely important. Lower level, hold their feet to the fire. Go to those meetings. If you don't run for office, go to the damn meetings. Listen to what they're slipping past us. Voice your opinion. Right. Educate your neighbors, just like we do on this show every week. All of you that listen to this show are doing God's work by listening to the show and educating people. Sandy, not a day goes by. I don't run into people in the range or the gun store. This is my next-door neighbor. I, bring, I brought him in for the first time. This is a guy I work with. I brought him in for the first time. This, this is my neighbor. She's buying her first gun after That's I took her shooting great. here. That's what it's all about. Really. This is what we have to do. The left doesn't want us to do that. No. S Scott Schneier, my chief of staff, sent me a, uh, an article we talk about using Apple AirTags all the time or mm -hmm. uh, those other tiles if you're an Android user for tracking stuff and crime yep. prevention. Your Apple AirTags will work, the, uh, excuse me, your Apple uh, EarPods, AirPods will work the same way, guys, because you can do Find My AirPods if you lose them. Oh. I didn't realize that, but the same thing. You can do the same thing. If they're in your luggage and you lost your luggage or lost your bag, you can find it. 
by using that. They're actually solving crimes. People are recovering stolen stuff because of uh, Apple AirPods. Wow. I never thought about never it. Because, you know, when my flight lands, I take my AirPods out of my ear and I put it in my bag. Yeah. You don't need an AirTag in that bag because you can find my AirPods. Oh, wow. So, Scott, thank you for that. Scott yeah. is now IT master and chief of staff. And Scott has an assistant uh, IT person now called Steven, who's a really good guy and uh, he's coming up to speed. So uh, I want to thank them all. So we have an active shooter shooting in school. And... Uh, not everybody's going to carry a gun. You can't carry a gun everywhere. A gun is not for everybody. People are too young to carry a gun. Not physically fit to carry a gun, whatever it may be. Chapter 18 of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, page 265, is a civilian response to an active shooter while unarmed. Okay? This is a hot topic because we've seen over the years and just last week active shooter situations you know and media coverage of these events does little to help the situation in fact they hurt with their overly obsessive coverage especially since they focus on the firearm and they don't focus on the prevention or what to do to defensively or offensively when the shit happens and uh you know in 2017 we had the garden state plaza shooting right here in new jersey the shooter went into the mall fired a few shots of an ar-15 type platform into the ceiling then proceeded to scurry off into some corner and take his own life. But that's a huge mall. There was over 500 police officers and SWAT teams called in. And it brings to light some basic training that should be instilled in all families when going into any public area, venue, sporting event, or mall. What we should do is constantly and vigilantly be aware of our surroundings, and we should have a plan. When you walk into a mall with your family or friends, you should call out a rendezvous point if something should happen or if you're running late in case everybody gets separated. Hey, we all meet back here if possible, in front of the Santa display or whatever. I remember being that drilled into me as a child, my mother. Today, you don't hear that much, but my, my mother would say, if you, we get separated, when I was like yep. 14 years old, we get separated, you meet here in front of the Lululemon. Right. We meet here in front of, okay, they mom, okay, mom, okay, when mom. You were a kid? Nope, I just made oh, that up. All right. If you walk into a big box store entrance of the mall near the garden center, you should announce to your family and loved ones. If something should happen or someone gets separated, we meet back here. Now, why is that important? Well, if you're on one side of the mall and your loved one's on the other side of the mall and there's an active shooter situation, how will you know if they're safe? What if they are not able to get back to that rendezvous point? This is why it's nice to always enter the mall or sports venue with a fully charged cell phone. That's a small minority of us sheepdogs that our cell phone is at 100 when we walk into a mall. Mine is. The first thing you should do if there's an active shooter situation is put your phone on the silent and vibrate mode. That means all of your things, all of your warnings, everything that comes up, all of your notifications. Okay, if you're hiding somewhere, if you're hiding under a dress display in Macy's and the active shooter is walking down the aisle and your ringer goes off. And it's na 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 na. <laughs> Guess what? You just gave up your tactical position. Okay? You should know the difference between cover and concealment. There are plenty of concealment spots in the mall, hiding behind dresses, hiding behind a perfume display. There are very few cover points. Hiding behind the concrete fountain would be one. Hiding behind appliances might be one. Might be, yeah. Might be, okay? Not today's refrigerator where you and I could pick one up and carry it up five <laughs> flights of stairs. Exactly. Okay? Right. Back in the day, if a refrigerator fell on you, you died. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not about it. Okay? Think, always keep an eye on where the emergency exits are. Some malls have emergency exits out the stores. Like if you go into, you know, a, you know, a Bed Bath & Beyond, they have emergency exits that the employees have to have, you know, for fires and stuff like that. But if you run in a candle shop in a mall, there might not be an exit. Right. The only way out is forward. So if you run in there for cover or concealment, just remember, you can't get out. Right. So these are things you have to take note of, okay? What if somebody is with you as handicapped, infirm, or in a wheelchair? Okay? Right. Depends on how much you love that person. That wheelchair <laughs> could be cover or concealment. It could be. <laughs> okay? I know I'm making light on this, but, but these are things you have to think about. All right? There's an active shooter in the mall. You run for cover in the retail store. There are other employees in the retail store. You have to be careful who you're hiding with. 
Those people that you're hiding with are strangers. They don't have their phones on silent. These people are liabilities. Right. Okay? You and your loved ones, you're on your own. Listen, if you get to a parking garage in a mall, hiding behind a park, park car, behind the wheel of a park car, or behind the engine of a park car, that's great cover and concealment. Plus, you could scurry around the parked car. And if you lay down, you can. if you're skinny enough, you could slide under a car. Yeah, right. Me, I can't. I got to lay next to it unless it's an SUV that's been lifted. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay? So your wife drags you into one of those candle stores. An active shooting occurs. The shooter is walking down the center aisle of the mall, and you hit the deck on the ground behind the candle display. Again, your cell phone should be turned on silent, and you should remain quiet behind the display. Hopefully, if there is an active shooter, he doesn't spot you and come towards you. If you see people running and you maintain this defensive position, just like being barricaded in a retail store, it is very important that you and your family know how to act when the police come to the scene. Now, SWAT teams live off of hand signals and code words. Yeah. The last thing you want to do when you see a cop is jump up and run towards them. Right. <laughs> okay? Now, if a cop sees you hiding in place... You want to be able to signify to that cop, like, look at them and point in the direction the active shooter went. Like, helping the police officers, if you can. Continue to stay down, okay? So, you have to wait. You know, the cops are sweeping the area. They do not know who the bad guy or the bad girl is. Everybody is, okay? If you see the police, do not talk, yell, or scream. You'll give away the, your position. The active shooter will know where you are, and the police are not going to be happy with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait till the police search you out and wait for their direction. Wait for their direction. There might be emergency texts going through. Just look at them. You should be silently while looking around texting your family. Where are you? Are you hunkered down? Are you safe? Okay. You got to keep the younger children quiet. Hopefully you're hiding behind a pillow display. You can muffle the shit out of all of them if you have to. Okay. I love having a flashlight because I can temporarily blind somebody if I'm in an area where I can't carry a gun. A stun gun is not a bad thing to have mounted to your belt. You could stun gun that bastard's foot if he comes upon you, okay? As the sheepdog in your family, you might have to rush that nut. If they're coming towards you, they're not expecting someone's going to rush them out of the blue. If somebody passes you, you might want to run and tackle them. But now the police are going to come. They're not going to know who the good guy or the bad guy is. Better start watching a lot of videos. You better have a lot of training. You need to be in condition yellow. You need to have that defensive mindset all the time, okay? Every school, every campus should have a comprehensive plan for an active shooter. It is your obligation when you go to that school with your kids and you ask, what is that plan? When is the last time the drill was done? What have you done to harden the school, to harden the classrooms? What is the communication? What is the emergency response? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to scare your kids to death, but you want to make kids aware. They spend countless hours looking at social media, watching violent movies and everything. Play off of that. Guys, if an emergency should arise, if there's a bomb scare, if there's a fire, you don't have to mention active shooter. What is our emergency drill? What is our emergency plan? Work with dad. Work with mom. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to talk about. You know, we spend so much time dealing with other bullshit. We don't think about this. We think it can't happen to us, but that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. And it's important. So read my damn book. Reco read Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino, too. But please, read Gun for Hire. Uh, read Crime Proof. Think like a criminal. Beat them at their own game. How much time do we have left? We are pretty much at the end of our travel. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about the uh, um, Lunaversities and words that we can or cannot use. So real quick, uh, classes that we have, tons of new classes. Uh, we have a Tenzia Kali starting in April. We have a new class, Urban Mace and Urban Stun Gun, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. Very nice. Okay. We also have Gun Cleaning 101. Urban Precision Rifle is June 9th and 10th. Shoot out and reach out and touch someone. Our use of class, use of force class, always sells out. We have a CPR and AED class. We have a hemorrhage control class. And Chuck Leonard will be here teaching basic instructor training, pistol instructor, student CCW, instructor CCW, range safety officer, chief range safety officer. They fill up fast those classes. And, of course, we have Urban Pistol 1, 2, Urban Carbine 1 and 2, Urban Shotgun taught by the best instructors on the East Coast. We are no, there's nobody better. And on Thursdays and Fridays, we do carry quals. 
the uh, notary ladies are here doing uh, photos and notaries and checking all of your paperwork. U.S. Law Shield is also here on those Thursdays and Fridays signing people up. That's all I got to say. Support those who support you. Love most of you. Uh, thank you all <laughs> for your undivine devotion and uh, business. I'm out. Well, with that, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast is done by Cosmo Music in York, New York. On behalf of our show host, master trainer, Anthony Calandro, author of Time Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Their Rep in Their Own Game, which he actually did mention this time, yes. uh, available wherever great books are sold and also in the gun shop, bookshop, gun range, known as Gun for Hire, where Anthony, from time to time, frequents uh, on occasion. And half can, a day. I work a half a day every day. 12, 12 hours. hours. And you might be able to get him to sign it if you have an extra 20 bucks to bribe him. Well, we love you guys. God willing, Jesus carries and the batteries hold down from the shadows of the New York City skyline and the beautiful Gulf Shores of Alabama. We love you guys. We will see you again next week. 80 and sunny, by the way. Shut up. <laughs>